Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome. It's me, Matthew, for a change. Adam's not here. He's going to hopefully be popping in later. But joining me today, at least, is Alex from Cape Town. Yes, factually correct. Mm-hmm. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're keeping me uh, honest and factually on the on the rails. And yeah. Ben from Zanzibar. I thought I'd, I'd mix it up a bit. <laughs> well, you can't mix it up. <laughs> Close enough. Close yeah. enough. An, an island off the African coast. <laughs> Would you True, like to live yeah. in Zanzibar, Ben? I don't really know what there is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, is, is, is Zanzibar in a country or is it uh, actually part of... No, it's part of Tanzania. Yeah, it's a part of Tanzania. Is it Tanzania or Tanzania? Fuck, I don't know. Okay. I've always said Sorry. Tanzania. It could be Tanzania. One of, girls, one of the girls worked the other day. She got back from like a six-week audit of like a sugarcane factory in Tanzania or Tanzania. And then she's like, Ben, it's you. It's all you Africans or whatever. I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> Who is she? Where is she from? She's from Mauritius, so she's African. As well. But I was like, gee, because I could, I could barely point that up. I could barely point that place out on a map and you blaming me for like your cuck audit. Like, oh. It's it's in that song by Toto, Africa. Talks about uh, this, talks about the Kilimanjaro rising over the Serengeti, which I don't think yes. it actually does. But I think my geography sucks at the moment. But I don't think it does. I, I, I think I think it might rise over I mean, the Serengeti. Unless you're suggesting like the the Serengeti is that that place in the Lion King where Professor Thompson, but that is not, not part of their kingdom because the sun doesn't shine there. Maybe. No, I think it is sunshine. The Badlands. I think I've seen enough Attenborough documentaries. I think there is sunshine in the Serengeti. I think so too. But anyway, um, let's move on to the news. The news is going to be slightly more ramshackle than usual because we are lacking our roving reporter and full-time journalist, Adam. So I think let's start with the news that we saw this morning. That Roscoe Speckman has signed a two-year contract with the Blue Bulls. Uh, I don't know what that necessarily means for his sevens career now. If he's going to be back and forthing or not. Mm-hmm. I imagine not. Because otherwise, like, what's really in it for the Bulls? But do the Bulls... Because uh, I'm assuming they're signing him on the provision that he's a wing. Or he's going to play wing. Well, okay, so that's like the question, right? Where does he fit in at the Bulls because they obviously don't need a fullback because they've got Warwick I mean they've got current kind of Springbok squad fringe guy in Travis Ishmael they've got guys like Duncan Matthews who um, have been doing really well Uh, and what's the other guy's name oh uh, Devon Rousseau yeah Devon Rousseau as well Um, so I don't and, know. And they got Jumbo Lingo as well. Yeah. So. Jumbo Lingo, yeah, exactly. So and I'm sure they've got other guys that we can't think of right now. So do you, do I don't think, really see where he fits in. The, but that's do you I'm think just... he could be? You think he could be fly half cup? Maybe because that's the only thing I think. Cause, I mean, that's kind of what he when he plays in seven, sort of like that the the playmaker, I guess they call it in seven. Yeah, because we've got they've got yeah. Alton's brother and who else at fly half level? Uh, they've got. 
They've got uh, they've got they've got Boshoff and then yeah. obviously they've got Pollard. Pollard, yeah. So even at ten they're quite stacked. Because yeah, I don't know. Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's typical Bulls just snatching someone up who's around unless they know yeah. something we don't like. They're gonna lose a stack of players and they're just playing that close to their chest that they're actually gonna lose like, what? three wings. In, in a way, in a way, just just by the way we're arguing, it does make him an ideal sort of twenty-two, twenty-three sort of guy where you can pop him. Yeah, because, but I mean, in terms of like of... efficient, like efficient allocation of resources, does South Africa want Roscoe Speckman sitting on the bench for the Blue Bulls for the next two years? Where he could must probably yeah, if like, he's got two years, what worth do we really of, get out of this? If he's got two years <laughs> worth of fifteen, he's at least got another year worth of sevens in him, let alone two years. Yeah, but it sort of yeah. it sort of brings the argument though. Would you say playing Super Rugby is higher profile than playing Sevens? Well, uh, if you if you're starting, I think so. Yeah, but you're not the the Seven. It's almost you've got to look at it as a different thing. Like the Sevens guys, for me, they're on a different level because they they almost Olympic athletes, so they get. That sort of it's a different credibility to yeah yeah they get sort of prestige in another they get a different yeah, level but, of prestige it's not quite you know it's a super rugby player it's a, it's the best rugby player like we all the super rugby yeah. you put on a pedestal whereas you almost look at it more as a holistic you remove it by putting making them an Olympiad you remove them from the the rugby bracket and put them in that sort of athlete bracket yeah I guess so but but I, I would I would say like I I have a lot of respect for the sevens and I think. Mm. I think the Blitzbook are like like they're a very respected team and they seem to have a very good team dynamic and they're a very very successful team. And they are the perfect case study for central contracting. Yeah. yeah. So 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 to me, the only reason why you would leave the seven setup is if you could make the Springboks. Yeah. So that that's the thing is that like the Super Rugby prestige, whatever it may be, it comes with the hidden advantage of possibly being an avenue to higher honors in springbok rugby yeah so i think it's for me it's clearly more prestigious to be a springbok like be a, a 15 yeah, man springbok spring spring yeah. yeah like by quite a lot um but so if, if you can make it in in 15 aside in super rugby and then get called up kind of like colby has i guess or Ronell, he's yeah. obviously a better example yeah then like yeah like... the risk is paid off is that uh, something that's available to roscoe speckman I mean, think about we called Colby and Ron Nell, but I mean, Boom's disappeared. Quacha's once or twice reached the top cap, but I don't think Rassi has much of much fondness for Quacha, maybe. Or the way Quacha mm. plays, necessarily, the way Rassi wants the team to play, rather, I should say. Um, there are a couple of others as well that just. What Peterson, Sergio Peterson was also seventh player, wasn't he? Yeah, sort of. Not really. I don't think. I think he he dabbled, but like he, I don't think he was ever full time. He, he, he was, spent he was most like, of the time at the Kings. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember who did. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who were the co jumpers, so to speak. Yeah. No, no. The the only the, the guys who New Zealand do it quite well because their sevens team is like they have a few kind of specialists, yeah. and then they just blood young guys through. Because like Rico Ioni, I think he played two years of sevens. Um, yeah, and Akira. Yeah. Akira is also. Yeah. So, so they have few, we, we, I think they use it to expose them to sort of the rugby lifestyle, if you want, to expose them to the travel. And then obviously it's very good for skills. Because personally, I think if you 
if you played anywhere on the sevens field, even like a like a prop, because Rua oh, now yeah. actually plays prop in sevens, eh? Yeah, he's a forward yeah. attendant, so he's, he's a, a center. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but, so, is, but, but yeah. I mean, it's such it gives you such good. So even if you play like prop and sevens, and then you go to like loose forward, you know, if this guy's catching the ball in the centers. He's gonna know what to do, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. No, definitely. It can be... I, like with, with New Zealand, I think they just use it as a way to ease the bottleneck of, of young talent they have coming through. Yeah, because they can yeah. have a guy like Rico who was pretty dominant at sevens, <laughs> and they'll lose him to fifteen aside, and they won't even blink because they've got another guy like Rico coming through that we'll probably only hear about in, in two years' time. You know. Yeah, this is sort of the the, the great the New Zealand wing cycle. When I exactly. honestly think in two years' time we won't even remember Rico. We'll be like, oh yeah, shit, that guy scored a few tries or whatever. So I think he's got a bit more staying power, but generally, no, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. Draft the through. If, but, they must yeah. have a plan. Could, you can't just grab players for the sake of it anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. if the draft happens. It, it also it, it feels a bit dirty uh, shitting on the Bulls when Adam isn't here to defend them. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Right. It's, it's true. No fair. Let's let's then. Okay, then. Seeing as Adam's not here to defend the Bulls, I'll defend EP, who went down, who's under twenty one side, lost one hundred and seventy three to Western Province under twenty one. And no, 173. No, they didn't sorry, get no. three. They got. Zero. I said yeah. lost. I said lost. They lost 100 by 173 points. Sorry. And that brings <laughs> up their their points difference to 600 points in the negative in the tournament at the moment. So yeah, there's a. They, they've, they've played what? They've played five games, and I think the, their smallest losing margins was about 60 points or something to the Leopards. Yeah, I'm trying to see where it is now. Though. This article doesn't have that bit in, but yeah, it's ridiculous. So, see, I still want to see the teams because I don't, I really question what, what team they actually how, play. Yeah, like who who's playing for them? Because I mean, we all know the natural resources that Eastern Province has in terms of rugby. Like it's actually it's almost unparalleled, I would say. Yeah, I mean, how many the, the best the best province in terms of schoolboy rugby is is Western Province. Because I mean, how often is EP in? I mean, how often is EP in Craven Week? Yeah, pretty, final, pretty often. Quite regularly in the, one of the finals, or at least semis. Yeah. And, yeah, and, I mean... I mean, if you, just, you just have to look at the schools and, like, the players that have come out of the schools this historically. Is, but this is what I have to... My problem is this is under 21. So this is that gap between high school and yeah. actually starting to play for a pr- franchise proper. So this is essentially your varsity level guys, which... Yeah. I think EPRU is essentially only going to have, because I think there is a border under 21 side as well, so EPRU is only going to have NMMU essentially to pull from. And they're a decent Varsity Cup side, though. Yeah, that, like, that's, that's a Varsity Cup side versus the Western Province side, which can pull from UCT, Stellenbosch, uh, UWC. UWC. Yeah, okay, but who are the, who are the Leopards pulling from? No, no, yeah, that ticks, yeah, exactly. Because they lost, Dude, they lost to know, the Leopards. So. Yeah, no, I'm just, you I'm know, trying you know, to play my... devil's advocate for the Eastern Cape. Yeah, no, no. Do you know, guys, I mean, I'm also, is, yeah, sorry. Ben. The Western Province under 21, like third team, if you can imagine it. So what we're calling Stellenbosch second side. Yeah, yeah, something like that. They would not lose a 173 nil to their first team. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. 
Like, like, yeah, they'll lose, but maybe they'll lose 40, by 40-odd 40 points. Do you agree? Yeah. Why aren't those guys going to EP and getting exposed to this higher level of under-21 rugby? Because they're not in the province. Then they'd have to live in they'd have to live in Port Elizabeth. Yeah. And no one wants that. <laughs> is, is that just no but but I mean like at, at some point in your in some point in your career you have to make a decision. You can say, Okay, yeah, I, also, I, I'm languishing I'm languishing yeah. behind say a future Springbok or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. under twenty one so, you're not necessarily a professional you're not eyeing professional yet either. But presumably uh, these guys have it in the back of their minds. Like yeah. it's a big it's a big time commitment because the, the guy I used to live with at uni, he kind of flirted with it a bit. He was kind of on the fringes of Western Province under 21. Yeah. And like, it's a very, it's a very professional setup. Eh? Yeah, no, I can imagine yeah. it. Look, it's not a Mickey Mouse Institute, I'm calling it. But yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, you're committing time to it. And if you're committing that amount of time to it, you must be thinking, this isn't like, I'm, I'm kind of throwing this at it for some sort of end result. Yeah. I'm not, you know, seeing where I can take this sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, why, why, why no, I mean, it's the same thing we were just talking about with the Bulls. Like, why do so many players, like, why is Roscoe Speckman going to the Bulls? Why, if he wants to make a shot at, at seven aside rugby, at 15 aside rugby, why isn't he going to the Kings? Because he'd be a guaranteed starter at the Kings, Ooh, and he can yeah, play well, for a 14 rugby, is he gonna and get... he'd be guaranteed the yeah, start yeah, in Pro 14, but now he's going to be sitting number 23 on the bench in Curry Cup for the Bulls or something. Yeah, because he so, wants to live in Pretoria, not PE. Yeah, that's part of it, and he probably wants an extra zero at the end of the paycheck each month, which is also fair enough. Okay. But, that's you know, it's going to be common across the park. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, But it's the, the problems, those problems exist, and they're obviously great in the, in the, the context of Eastern Province rugby, but they're not that big. They're not big enough to explain 160 points. 170. 170 points. Apologies. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like that... I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I reckon if they took Grey PE first team or something and stuck yeah. them against Western Province under 21s, they yes. probably wouldn't lose by that amount. Yeah, no, this is like a hobby side. Even, this is even, legitimately... Even though, it's 20... even though these guys are, are three years yeah. younger. Like... It's 27 tries. It works out to something like a try every three minutes across the 80 minutes. Yeah, but it's, it's a shocker. And we, which, what we should do is we should also point out the kicker had a bit of a shocker because he only net, he only slotted over. I think it's uh, eight. Uh, I didn't check that. I think he only missed like he, he missed three or nine. Four. No, he missed like nine kicks. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay, my math is bad. Nine. So he was still nine out of twenty-seven. Nine out of twenty-seven. like seventy percent. Oh, that's exactly sixty-six. Yeah. yeah so it's, Thanks, so that's that's. That's Thanks, Bowden, <laughs> that's that's Barrett sort of super rugby kicking stats. Yeah, but maybe at the end they were just fucking with him and putting it in the corner and stuff, just to like. By then you know, he's no, no, Ben. By then he's he's done like twenty-seven tries. I mean, his eyes in. I think he kicked more during the game than he did at the pre-warm up. Yeah, poor guy. He's breaking a sore foot. <laughs> his knee's buggered. He's actually the only guy icing his knee after that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, all right, let's yeah, move on. So much like Eastern Province is dead, I think that topic's dead. Let's move on <laughs> to another death. Um, the yellow card is apparently dead in the rugby championship, with only up. I think at this weekend we are on five yellow cards. 
compared mm. to... Yeah, well, when we, read, when we read the article, we, when we discussed it in the group, it was three yellow three cards. Yellow cards yeah. But now, obviously, there's yeah. two so more. Obviously, someone at International Rag, uh, World Rugby or whatever saw the article as well and said, guys, just throw out, <laughs> throw out two cards if you have to. No, I, I think both both cards this week were pretty legitimate. Yeah. Well, no, I think no, there's, no, there's, there's yeah. a case to be made that there should have been more cards. Yeah, we'll discuss that now. Sure, well, well, that, that's, that is the case, though, that it's kind of it's reactionary to old, what's his name, Hoyle. Yeah. Well, yeah. A few kind of big names in rugby commentators, especially who should fucking know better, actually. Yeah. Have based been bitching that oh they get well we might as well play tiddlywinks if you can't you know yeah. elbows in the face and yeah so yeah so I think almost that they say that Benjamin Fall fell Benjamin fell just uh, yeah, kind of his was it a red card actually yes. Yeah, they, they say his red against New Zealand, where he was sort of, ju- well, he took out Ben Smith. I think, I think it was yeah, Smith. Yeah. 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 They feels say like that, so long that, ago. that was sort of like a sort of a turning point in. That was kind of like looking back now. That was a very critical moment because at that point there was this big outcry, like everyone saying like, "What the fuck? You just ruined a perfectly good game because of a stupid reflection." So now, yeah. no, so don't... now this. We feel this is a very reactionary response, at least. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Like, I, I think it is definitely reactionary, but I don't think it's. So, it's yeah. Not, I mean, maybe Ben, not you touched it, but like conscious. It, it's not maybe a conscious reaction. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't want to speculate, but I mean, for me, it's not a case of them saying, "Okay, we've been too harsh in terms of yellow cards in the past. Let's be more lenient, so that the game can be freer flowing." I don't think that that's what's what's happening. I think what's happening is that they sat back and be like, guys, every fucking week we get crucified. Yeah. Pretty much no matter what we do. No matter what we do, it's either the right call or the wrong call, and the crowd's going to be split 50-50 either way. So why don't we just not make calls anymore? Let's just not give out yellow cards. Just just be crippled by like indecision. And then if you're going to come after a game and be like, that should have been a card, people will be outraged for, I don't know, Maybe a couple of days, maybe a week at the most. Are like the, the Kieran Reed. I was going to ask, are we still sure, angry about but, Kieran Reed? Well, yeah, but but are we still going to be talking about it like in a couple of months' time? Yes, Alex, we, we are not going to let this die. Uh, this yeah, we, we, we are going to be talking about it. We're going to make sure gonna Kieran Reed faces justice. One day <laughs> one of us is going to come across Kieran Reed and we're going to ask him about. Remember that clean out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who, did, who did he. Uh, was remember. it Billy? I think it, it was, was on Villiers. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to yeah. like, embed that in my mind. Justice for Villiers. <laughs> Although we can, I think we can discuss how Villiers how Villi implemented his own own special clean up. Vigilante. Vigilante LaRue. Sorry. Uh, not my best. But anyway, so so the point is that people talk a lot more about um, about cards that were given out that shouldn't have been than cards that weren't given out that should have been. Whoa, whoa. Is detail right? I was going to say, it sounds like a Transformers coming to life in the background. The, the demonic summoning is complete. Yeah. Yes, I, I am here. Can you hear me? Um, you sound like you are calling a fucking air raid. You are calling an air raid over a radio. <laughs> okay, I'll be back. Can what are your coordinates? Second? What are your coordinates? <laughs> Send Charlie, Charlie, we got Charlie. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, so as I was saying, while, while we just wait for Adam to join in, um, I think like refs get crucified a lot more for um, yellow cards they that people think shouldn't have been given but were, 
yeah. than yellow cards that should have been given but weren't. So yeah. I think they they've gone they've gone into self defense mode as referees to say we're just not going to make decisions. If we're not sure about whether something was a yellow card or not, we're going to err on the side of like let the man walk free. Yeah, no, definitely. Which is what Stephen Hoyles wants. But he, they're not doing it for the sake of free-flowing rugby. They're not doing it like in terms of an IRB uh, you know, ruling or, or, print or, or policy. They're doing it out of self-preservation because it's the only way that they get to walk away was, at the end of the week without their reputations being besmirched. Who was the ref at, the, at that rugby World Cup, that semi-final last rugby World Cup, the uh, Aussie-Scotland one that just bolted off the field on 80 minutes? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Andre uh, was a South African guy. The guy went to college. What's his name? Andre Jubé? No, fuck, he was a... Oh, uh, Craig Jubé. Craig Jubé, that's the one. No, I'm just thinking that, sort of from that level. Apparently he needed to shit, though. Oh, is that what he... He didn't want to speak to the Scottish players after the game. I mean, that's fair. I I don't know in what condition. Like, should you ref while you need a shit? Like, surely it'll... Don't they say you make better decisions when you're, like, you got a full bladder? Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's the same thing. Does it work with bowels? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't done the... I haven't done all the research behind it, if I'm being honest. Next time I need to take a shit, I'll do a crossword and let you know first. I'll 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 test it tomorrow at work. I'll I have like six wheat bix wheat bix for breakfast, and then just and, and see if my productivity increases or if I'm just making great calls. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Um. Last bit of news is, uh, Jamie Joseph is so not so much stepping down as stepping aside from the coaching role in the Sunwolves so that he can full-time focus on being the head coach for Japan. And the Sunwolves have appointed Tony Brown to take up the mantle in his place at the Sunwolves. I think that's everything. I can hear it, Adam. Yeah. Hi. There, there. You, you, Wait, are you, are you guys only on the news? No, we're yeah. just doing our first story. Oh, Adam, just let us do our thing. You know, Adam, if you, you don't, you are like forty minutes late. You have yeah. no grounds for. We we be we be thirty minutes in if I was running the show. We are like thirty minutes oh. in. We've, we've of the show. <laughs> of the show, yeah. The call is, yeah, the call's forty-ish minutes long. We're, just we're not going to spend this with you. Okay, okay. My bad. So it sounded yeah. like you hadn't even started yet. No, no, no. No, no. We're on the last oh, news. Was... Oh, okay. Deep. Yeah. You would be very impressed. You, you must be so proud of us, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's nice. Okay, I apologize. Please continue. Okay, so yeah, as I was saying, um, we just uh, Adam, if you hadn't heard, we just we just <laughs> we just said Jamie Joseph is going to focus on being national coach for Japan, and Tony Brown's taking up the mantle as Sunwolves coach. Which, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, which is yeah, good shot in a World Cup year, or focusing on a World Cup year that the one can pay attention to them. Even though the Sunwolves are supposed to be a much more closer model to the national side, but yeah, because mm. I think they'll Brown, probably work together in yeah. both respects. Anyway. Yeah, because I mean, Brown is this, is was this... he, Brown was defensive coach, wasn't he? No, uh, uh, I think it was just assistant. Just assistant. But, but he went. He went with them because remember they did a bit of their tour without. Joseph's last year. I think they went to Australia yeah. without. Oh yeah. And then it, was, he... it was this year when they had their like their, their World Cup training yeah. weekend or something. I uh, know that was also yeah. Joseph's had a bad back. He almost had injured his back. Uh, and he had to move uh, to New Zealand for 
to be hospitalized for his back surgery or oh, something. Should have gone to Fiji and oh, yeah. stayed with yeah, Hollow's uncle. He should have gone to Japan. Aren't they like the best? What do you mean should have gone like... to Japan? He should have stayed in Japan. He should have uh, stayed in Japan. Hollow's uncle's better than the Japanese doctors. No, true. Hollow's uncle <laughs> can fix a broken leg in like yeah. two weeks, in a fortnight. If I'm ever in trouble. That's like, Nola's uncle's like those guys in Doctor Strange. Yeah. They just fix yeah. your, they fix your mind and then they fix your body. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is Nola's is still shattered. It's just running on pure willpower. Yeah, exactly. Do, okay. do we know if this arrangement's temporary? Like, will it revert back well, next year? Well, they haven't year? said anything yet after next year. Look, I don't know. I haven't seen any news sort of going further than next year. I've been more. I don't know how long either coaches contracts for, so maybe yeah, it's especially, like especially with it being a World Cup. I mean, most coaches, most international coaches, will see the shift change after the World Cup. Yeah, you have to sort of. Oh, yeah, I don't think. Here's here's a piece of news we forgot. Um, what's his face? Uh, Takuma, the Sunwolves prop. Who got, uh, oh, got the, run over by the bus? Who, who after a night of a night of lackeries with the boys after after winning for I think it was Toshiba Spears, fell asleep yeah. fell asleep in the streets of Tokyo, in the spot one of the quiet <laughs> suburbs and was run over by a car, and uh, then yeah his fellow team Sunwolf teammate Michael Little uh, Leach sorry not Little. Little can't lift the car. Leech can. Michael Leech and a few others lifted the car off Takumi, and Takumi's apparently miss. There's a national train, uh, uh, yeah, national training camp that he's now missed. Because, uh, they say because of injuries. I think hangover maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's banter. I, I wish I wish the Springboks did shit like that. What? Just I, I mean, who, I who was, among us hasn't I done was, that? What? I want to hear about Hans from IT passing out and Eben having to throw a car off him. That is banter. I wish no, that happened. See, the, but thing it is, the thing is, in SA it's fine because everyone drives sort of high high ground clearance fucking buckies and so forth. So whereas that was like a small little... Like a Tesla or something. Yeah, a little compact car. So it, it, got st- it essentially got stuck over the prop. I think it's wheels were up the set. If you... If you I can only imagine it sort of sitting there with its wheels off the ground, spinning wildly, while this yeah. prop just slipped. Yeah, but, but on, on the photo, he was sort of like, he was under the car very much, So, yeah, but I, it seemed like he kind of got under it, and then it sort of just stopped on him. Yeah, I think that was a recreation. I think that was from a recreation, based on the other pictures that were also from there, where it was like stick figures lifting up. And no, but it looked like a legit photo, like at the end of the little sequence. It seemed like a photo of him. It might have just been a really committed reenactment. Yeah, they just got like they just got one of the interns to just liar. Why? <laughs> for science. Tuck, tuck your arms in. Why? <laughs> just drive the car. Over. All right, okay. let's move on before yeah. Adam has an aneurysm. Yeah. So news done. Um. Let's, uh, should we talk about Pro 14 or the 1K Cup game first? Did anyone? I I didn't see any of it, sorry. Do you want to report back from the Curry Cup game, quick? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I didn't really watch it with this in mind, to be honest. I always forget that I'm supposed to be doing that. But it was a really fun game for, I think, for everyone. Because the, the first half was, like, the first half of the first half was super dominant by Western Province. Like, they were just pretty much running in tries whenever they felt like it. And then there was a sudden resurgence by the, sh- resurgence by the Sharks in the end of the first half. 
and then they scored again at the beginning of the second half, and then actually it was like a three-point game um, out of nowhere. And then the Sharks kind of fell apart, and Western Province just kicked on. Um, my man of the match, probably, to be completely honest, um, was SB Maria. Because oh, he was really good. You, <laughs> he you felt like he nailed you, all his you, kicks. You and Supersport have the same man in the match, then, at least. Yeah. it's It was a bit awkward for me to admit it, but he actually played really well. Um, he only missed one kick at goal, which, weirdly enough, I'm pretty sure was supposed to be from his strong side um, as a left footer. Uh, but he also just ran really well, put a lot of guys through gaps. Dylan Lades also played extremely well. Where did SB um, play? Played left wing. Oh, left wing. Played left wing. He's, yeah. done, he's doing well there for Curry Cup. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. But um, then, who else played well? Um, so, I was really excited to see uh, Joano Augustus play against Dan Dupria. Yeah, I because I feel like they, yeah, I think they're like, they're basically, I hope, are going to be our, our two eighth men for the next World Cup. And I don't know what happened to Joano Augustus. Apparently, he's in a moon boot, which is really bad news because he's had a string of bad injuries since becoming the junior rugby world player of the year last year. Mm. Um, so hopefully it's not too serious, but I haven't heard any news. But then the, at least unknown to me before this game, uh, Jaco Kutsia, he was a fucking beast. He came on, well, he started ahead of Augustus and he just dominated. Like he was often found on the wider channels. He bounced Robert Dupree on two different occasions uh, and set up a couple of tries and scored one of his own, I think. So he was also up there for man of the match. And then from the Sharks side, uh, Kerwin Bosch had a terrible game. Uh, he had flashes of, of good play, but overall he was really bad. He had a clear run in for a try and he dropped the ball at one point. Uh, he got the, the shit stepped out of him and then got gassed by a P- uh, not a P- Gianchi, um by Sergio Peterson, who literally just sized him up and then decided he could burn him and then did. So that was an awesome little moment. So, yeah, good performances by Dan Dupria again. Um, two weeks in a row. Robert Dupree, I thought, played pretty well overall. Marius Lowe was up and down. He had a good try in the beginning, but he made a lot of mistakes. And yeah, fun game. Otherwise, I just really enjoyed it. High scoring. Okay. So nice. That's everything I have to say. Yeah, speaking of fun games, that's the opposite of what I felt watching Kings vs. Scarlets. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oof, went down. I mean, Scarlets won the game 54-14. Which yeah, uh, um, with yeah, with game was a lot closer than that I felt for most of it, but I don't know. Last twenty minutes, Kings as well just sort of let their foot off the gas, and let through. And there's probably about another three straight off the top of my head. Let me do the math. About three, maybe a fourth try on that. So yeah, they were two tries to four tries down, and then yeah, all the wheels came off. Uh, who else? I see cheaters. I didn't watch their game. Just barely lost to Cardiff Blues, 24-21. Ulster got monstered by Munster, 64-7. And Glasgow Warriors beat Dragons, 29-13. Leinster beat Connacht, 23. Ospreys beat Zebra, 22-8. I'm just, it's actually kind of fun. I know we... we the SA teams get a bit of flack and all that, especially from us. And you know why they're in Pro 14, they're not getting up and all that. But I sort of, because I like checking online because 
generally not many people follow the Pro 14. So while the game's going and all that, I either check Twitter or Reddit or whatever. And the, and the comments there always seem to be, I don't care if the SA team wins. This is at least a hell of a lot of fun watching these guys play and all that. So okay. we obviously cracking something over there. So our guys, the, like the way we play and all that here that we're so used to, I mean, mm-hmm. that guys running and all that seems to be quite a novelty for them. And they're quite enjoying that aspect of the game being being played there in front of them, even if they are beating us quite ugly by looking at the Scarlet score again. Yeah, because I mean, that's basically the opposite of the approach that we have in South Africa. Yeah. I don't care if they're playing pretty rugby, we're the results. Yeah, whereas they <laughs> are like, they're actually enjoying watching this a hell of a lot. So Yeah, well, that's good. So there's argument for staying in the Pro 14. Bit, and there was a lot of argument last week when the Kings beat the Blues as well. The, yeah. well not the Blues, the, the Warriors. No? Okay. Yeah, Warriors, sorry. Okay, uh, that's the minor games done. Let's... Is Alex typing a dissertation in the back? Ah, not Alex, Adam. Oh, sorry. <laughs> are, you, are you writing an angry letter to, to ERB banter yeah. about how long, how long the new section is? These fucking <laughs> hosts. This new, this new so-called host. Yeah. <laughs> bring uh, back Adam. Just yeah, bring, yeah. Yeah, bring back Adam. So, yeah, let's, let's go to the game that I think we all paid the least attention to this weekend. Of the internationals, mm. and that was Argentina versus New Zealand. Um, yeah, my, I, I watched the highlights, uh, and my highlight of the highlights was Rico scoring a try. You know, his, his vibe, he gets over the line, he smashes it down with his hand and slides up and sits up and slaps his chest or whatever very masculine move. He, he went straight into the advertising boards. And I was like, yeah, it says you're right. Did you see and he all that the finished... cameraman? Cameraman and yeah. the cameraman's fucking MacBook. In the... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, so that's that was, your arch, you dick. That's the price. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that poor cameraman actually felt for him. I was like, do you know how much it costs to replace a MacBook in Argentina? Uh, I'm sure it won't come out of his private money. Hopefully do not. they have insurance they for must, stuff like that? They must. The, the stadium yeah. must have insurance for something like that. You have to insure yourself against Rico. Yeah. <laughs> An act of God. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I, didn't, yeah, I, I, I stayed up for the first uh, 20 minutes or so, because I was up anyway. Um, and then I basically, uh, yeah, like I saw Sanchez missed a kick at goal and, uh, I think the second try was scored and I just felt like it was pretty much a done deal. I actually wanted to ask you when you said no, because I remember in the group you posted the best fly off in the world's just missed a kick. So I'm going to bed. I wanted to know, I forgot (laughs) to ask, I wanted you to clarify which was the best fly off in the world. And I'm glad, I'm glad. I think it's... (laughs) Yeah. I know, I know. Your, your your allegiance lies with Moanga, but I was like, has he come? On the, did he? Is he a late? I don't. I don't think Moanga is the best flyer in the world. Sorry? I just think he's the best flyer in New Zealand. Oh, oh so okay. So Sanchez, so Sanchez is world New Zealand. Okay, no, it's de- okay, no fair. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So uh, after the highlights, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, do New Zealand have their mojo back, or was it just a bad Argentina performance? Argentina because... had no set piece. So yeah, any team I agree. can look good against a team with no set piece. It was kind of a return to the norm for Argentina, mm. for what we saw in the the early stages of the Super Rugby Championship from the Jaguares, and what we saw from the Pumas themselves in the mid-year um, series against uh, who was it Wales? Yeah, yeah. Is this so yeah. Can I say have have New Zealand been? Would you say New Zealand have been at their best at any point during the rugby championship? 
No, but I don't think no. the New Zealand have been at their best for about four years now. Yeah, I think they peaked at the World Cup and they sort of riding on being just enough, still being better than everyone else, but not being as good as they should be. Yeah, I, I, I guess in some ways they're kind of the Kurtley Beal of rugby teams that they so. <laughs> <laughs> they, they so. Oh, fuck, we're going to get emails now, Ben. <laughs> no, they, I'd rather so be the, the Curtie Beal of rugby teams than the Curtie Beal hairstyle of rugby teams. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, but can can they ever play to their potential? That's my well, question because they have yeah. so much talent in that side. Yeah. So Is the it? the Richie McCall, the 2011 All Blacks, I think they played to their potential. Yeah. Um, these guys, I don't know. Like, I think. They just don't have as much potential. There's just moments of... Uh, I wanted to call it maybe yeah, immaturity. Yeah, I feel like they like flashes of immaturity in that, and that's where yeah. their weakness shows, maybe. I don't know. But and the, and they have, like, devastating periods of 20 minutes. Particularly in the second half, you know, they put together like a 20 minutes spell. Ooh, yeah, they put together a 20 minutes spell. I'm telling you, the, 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 the metaphor holds, guys. The metaphor holds. Look, good you being DDA2 is also a metaphor that holds, but we also got emails about that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's still some debate about that. They always put together one very, very, like, one world-class quarter in a game, and usually yeah. in the second half. Um, it's impossible to catch up. Yeah, but someone made the remark true. earlier that Steve Hansen is not that great a coach. He's yeah, an okay coach. Theory. Yeah, yeah well, but he was, I, a sh- I, I, he was a shit coach for Wales, wasn't he? Wales was shit under him. Yeah, I agree. He's just got this epic talent pool. Look, he, he picks the right sort of team, but the fact no, no, that he brought that Sonny Bill Williams, that felt a bit regressive to me. I thought he'd give other guys an opportunity. Um, I don't know, I don't know, Ben. Maybe you could, you could flesh it out a bit better than I could. Yeah, I, I, I just think with all the talent at his disposal... Steve Hansen doesn't actually make the best use of it. Like he do, he makes weird selections. Like it just see, it seems to me if Steve Hansen like I don't know just went mute or whatever or didn't coach the team for six months, I don't think it would have a lot of effect on the team. You wouldn't note. I think I, you wouldn't notice the a change in the the way the team performs. And I also want to say Steve Hansen, you know, he has a very strong group of players. But I want to argue if let, let's go back to 2011 and compare. I would say the rest of world world rugby was a lot stronger at that stage. Mm. Yeah, but like yeah. I think other teams were stronger then, because now it's only really Ireland that's actually I would say probably has a better team than it did back then. Yeah, England maybe. Maybe maybe England yeah. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe England. Yeah, yeah I was England, was, England, of, England of like six months ago, which is still the good England. Well, the team's good. They're just playing like shit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought, okay, Sonny Bill looked really good in the highlights, um, as but he always does. That's what he's designed to do. He's like, no, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to speculate about him being shit outside of the highlights. That's unfair to you. Yeah. No, um, no, no, definitely. So, I think, yeah, so I think credit to his due, he's still got Sonny Bill, you know, magic. Um, and Rico looked good. He, Rico needs someone like Sonny Bill to run off of, I think. Like, you just need someone to need just someone give him that extra bit of space. <laughs> yeah, do, do, you know, do, you know, do you know who Rico would cook with? Is Vili LaRue? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, they'd love each other. <laughs> little pop passes, <laughs> like, like, little dabs. Like, like a Rico, a Rico Vili LaRue, like, 15-11 um, would be lethal. So what are we doing? Yeah. 
Who's the next Barbarians coach? Because we actually need to try and whisper that combo in their ears. It's Rusty. Rusty's coaching Barbarians. And... God, yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay, um, Rusty. <laughs> Rusty, listen carefully. Seeing as we've got your ear already. <laughs> we want to see yeah. Rico and Vili at 15 and 11. We don't care if you have to give, give up Vili at 15 for end of year twerp for the box there. We want to see him play for the Barbarians. Yeah, um, I was going to say. And then <laughs> somehow we get Hanson to... Co- to give up Rico for end of year tour as well. But I think he'll be fine with that as well. And if Rico gets injured, well, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. If he dies, he dies. He does, <laughs> yeah. You know, people die every day. Well, they only play, they're only playing Argentina in all fairness. Uh, so, so he's got proven track record. It's perfect. No, but it'll, it'll be like the Northern Hemisphere. Actually, who... Because when is this Barbarians test? I'm assuming it's like... Uh, it's normally sure. the week before the tour kick off in proper... Yeah, but it's normally like, it's either like a north, oh, but it'll, it'll be all the uncapped guys, because all the proper guys will be at their squad, so. Yeah, yeah, it's either the uncapped or the older guys getting left out. Oh, Skulk, Skulk, Britannica? Oh, Joe Marler. Joe Marler's definitely yeah. having a run out. Yeah. All right, should we okay. move on to the main feature? Okay, yeah. yes. Okay, so main okay. feature being... <laughs> South Africa beating Australia 23-12 in yeah. the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium. How much fun uh, was How good was the setting? Like oh, the the crowd was, was cool. so good. Yeah, man, we know more I'm just gonna to say that, I'm just gonna say this. Durban can fuck off compared their last hosting an international <laughs> game. They can no, they fuck off. They had like thank a, you, they, thank you, Matthew. They weren't even half full. That stadium was like a third full. They. We're yes. all just fascinated with their castle lagers in their hand. There was no gears, there was no singing. You go play one game in the Eastern Cape and they put Durban to shame. And Ant, I'm sorry, I know you're a Sharks fan, but I think even you'll acknowledge that that was a piss-poor performance compared to yeah. what we saw last night or yesterday evening. Also, I, I, think, no, I, think, no I, think, I think Ant is a Sharks fan. I don't know if he's necessarily a Durban fan. Yeah, but you know, Sharks fan, Durban fan, it's, it's, like you, it's difficult to separate the two. True, true. Like yeah, no, like no, amazing I, atmosphere. I, I, I think Durban just... recorded themselves after that game. Who, 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 who's been to PE? Alex and Ben, have you been to PE? Yeah, they, yeah they I, I just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but have you watched the game there, actually? Oh, no, no. Not no, 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 no. I, I was just going to say, like, that, 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 that fancy flyover with the helicopter or drone, whatever it is, and they make PE actually look nice, yeah, but PE is quite, quite cuck. To anybody out there listening in Port Elizabeth, um, yeah, not a bad place true. to raise a family, but you the beach, true. it's 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 generally pretty shit. But I'm biased. I studied in Grahamstown. I never like going to PE. Yeah. The stadium's kept. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. But Have you noticed, okay, there was that old joke. It's like, what are the 10 worst towns in South Africa? And someone wrote there, all our cities are beautiful. And that's 1 through 9, da, 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 and then 10, Port yeah, Elizabeth. Worth, yeah. Classic yeah. Twitter meme. Yeah. Um, no, the stadium itself is actually rather good. I've seen a couple of rugby games, and I've also watched a couple of soccer games there, like when the African Cup was around. They played a, quite. A, they played one of the pools played there, and I've watched a semi there as well. And it's actually a lack of stadium to go to. I actually enjoy the stadium. What well, What's the What's the capacity? Forty um, They said 40, They said fifty, but for public safety. They had to cap it at 46. I think that's a good size. I think like Ellis Park, because Ellis Park is what, like 80 odd? 
Yeah, that's for FIFA wanted that many, so they built up. No, Ellis Park. Yeah, no, but I, I, feel, I feel that's a bit that's a bit big for a stadium. Yeah, no, it is. But yeah, no, no, okay, just, sorry. And then yeah, but, but it was properly here, say so like they were Ooh, the crowd arrived. I think also uh, Deanti scoring in like 38 seconds, seconds or whatever it was. That helped. definitely helped, yeah. Yeah, so you had. Yeah, like we the, were we were in the lead through, like the whole time. So yeah, you had the Gears of the Gears of that anthem where they, where where SAB was smart enough to print out the 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 lyrics cheat sheet on all, everyone's cup of beer. <laughs> yeah. And they made an. I love that announcement. Just by the way, everyone, it's all on your cup. You can sing along. And but I, I didn't. I didn't. They, they didn't really pan to the crowd much. But I didn't see anyone like holding their glass up in front of them to read. To read. That. I don't think you want to be the one arsehole like caught on TV holding the cup in front of you reading it. I think you've got to know that you've got to know the words by now, surely. We we had we had like a. I think did you guys you guys must have had at St Andrews like a school hymn. Yeah. yeah. So so you know you you have the little you have the little hymn book in in yeah. chapel or whatever and. And then you all, you know, it's like turn to page and you sing like all things bright and beautiful or whatever. And then when you sing the school hymn, like no one touches the hymn books. It's like a mark of pride. It's like no yeah. one can read the school hymn. We must all know yes. it off by heart sort of thing. So yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel a national anthem should be the same. It should absolutely should be the yeah. same. I still think, <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I remember when I was in primary school, we actually had like an assembly where that, when was it? It would have been grade four. Four, yeah, grade four. We had an assembly where they they had us sing the national anthem for like an hour and a half, basically just drilling oh. it into our head. Yeah, no, but but the national anthem. When did it come out? I guess would be the word because because it didn't come out in '94. It was a bit later, wasn't it? Yeah, the, I like learned it, Yeah, that's when I learned it. Yeah, '96, '96, '97. The same time. So, yeah, was, I remember. I remember similar things where like we had like. Uh, Sort of, we almost taught the national anthem. Like someone came along and like told us what it meant, and then yeah, um, uh, I never had that. Yeah, we I just was in, I had to South Africa at that time. <laughs> yeah, we I got wrote I got wrote learned I got wrote taught at first, and then afterwards, m- many years later, did they actually explain it to us and what what the whole thing's all about and all that, the prayer for Africa and all that. Anyway, okay. so here's here's component done. Let's actually talk yep. about the game now. Let's talk about the game, yeah. So, all right, pros. Uh, for me, the biggest pro is that we did we took the formula we used against New Zealand, and it worked against Australia. Yeah. Because the first mm-hmm. time we played Australia, this competition, we were doing some other fucking weird shit that it didn't really seem like we'd properly planned for. Um, and it clearly didn't work, right? Like, we lost. Yeah. So we then turned up against New Zealand with like a totally different game plan, and it seemed almost like we hadn't bothered to prepare for the Australia game, and we were just so focused on New Zealand game, and that paid off. But then to turn around and do the same thing against Australia, the exact same way, that actually makes me feel really good and really positive about Rusty's plan. Yeah, because now we've sort of, as a, the box side sort of found its voice, so to speak. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's nice. Um, I know. Uh, interesting. I know. Remember, Ben? I saw you posted in the group a comment about both teams almost playing like an off-brand Super Rugby and not necessarily <laughs> proper Test Rugby. Yeah, because like I saw, uh, because in the in the first, obviously we we got that try almost straight away. Yeah. 
And then there were a few sort of very kickable opportunities where we sort of went for we went for a touch, which obviously didn't work out. Like obviously yeah. hindsight, you could be like, oh, you should kick for poles. But generally, in a test match, I would say. You take your three if the three's on offer. Generally, yeah, if you have anything between the two 15s in your own half, you should be kicking that, eh? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And so, I, the whole game plan is, is about... No, actually, that, that's, in, that's consistent with the game plan. What you're saying is consistent with the game plan, that we should be taking points when we get them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't and know. I don't, I've got no towards, towards the end of the first half, and then the, in the second half, after Australia had scores, that we were like, okay, like... Clearly, we're not going to run in eight tries or whatever, so let's dink a few over. And it ended up working, but I just think in a test match, you should take your points when they're on offer. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, it's it's funny how Andre Pollard is now the one true 10. But beyond his line oh, break, oh, you, you were, that, that set Adam, up that set, that set Adam, up the clerk. Um, no, no, I just want to say that um, suddenly his kicking uh, has come to the fore, and sometimes he has off days, and that was the difference between the two teams, uh, ultimately, that is kicking. And Matt Tamur, who Matt Tamur has the second smoothest kicking action in international rugby after Nicholas Ferrari Sanchez, but uh, the kicking is becoming, it's nice to see the kicking is becoming greatly important, that you know, need to do one kick a few to, to win your test matches, as was proven two Adam, years ago. Adam, what super rugby side does Polo play for again? Uh, he plays for the team I don't like, uh, the Bills. I was, uh, I, was, I was just wondering why you're singing his praises. Because he had a good one, game. The one true flyer. Also, I yeah. want you buck flyer. Are you gonna yeah. call yourself? A, are you now an apologist again? After well, being Pollard, definitely <laughs> an apologist. Because for the yeah. last two weeks you weren't an apologist. I remember quite. I am. I am a hundred apologist. Okay, but yeah, definitely he had a good game, guys. He did have a good game on. I think he did. He get run over a few times on defense. Uh, I have to be honest. I haven't looked at the stats. A yet. lot of our defense wasn't. I'm going to be honest. If he got run over, I think a few guys got run over. I don't think. Colby, Colby had a good game. Colby had a good game. Fantastic game. And, and he he also, he also got run over at least once. Yeah. I Colby's defense yeah. was so good. The only the only blemish in Colby's record was where he tried the Samoan sidestep on Israel Flau. And yeah, he got it. Just it didn't work. Colby's got to take two side steps to get yeah. past Falah's reach. To be fair, I I think I think he made it. He did a, He he chose a good option there. Just take a shoulder in the face, like whatever. He got the penalty. Yeah, maybe. I'm surprised Falah was flat footed there. I thought Colby would have uh, dinked it over him. And well, that's what I'm it. saying. Like I feel like that that's the best shot he would have had at at you know embarrassing Izzy Falah. Like he yeah, had a one on one with him. Even told me special. Even a flat-footed Falah can reach a ball like seven feet in the air. No, but... Yeah, but it, well, Grubber, Grubber, uh, well, just classic classic Colby. Don't just go straight. I don't know. Yeah, no, because Colby Col- isn't that fast. His strength is acceleration, really. Yeah, it's disappeared. Yeah, yeah, true. Because quite often what Colby will do is he'll slow down, stand a guy up, and then just accelerate. And, like, yeah. he, he's one of the fastest accelerators in the game. Like, I wish he'd done that to Falah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it was, just, it was a shame that I think I, I think you could have really embarrassed him. I want to say South Africa's kicking both from Fuff and out of hand was I thought was quite poor. Fuff's box kicks were a bit poor, yeah. They were really bad, yeah. But he he didn't kick a lot of shit kicks to Falau. Yeah, well, I must admit that you make a very good point. Falau barely featured in the game. Well, yeah, well, I remember that's that was Russ's game like, plan. He, 
But that's what we were saying about putting, putting him at 14. He's so easy to take out the game then. Yeah, so well, kicked him. I mean, I, yeah, there's two schools of thought about him at 14. But my point is more, what I was saying on the Facebook group at least, is more that he's probably a good 14, just not for this Australian backline because they yeah. couldn't bring him into it. Like, they didn't even... that They, they tried once. They tried the crossfield kick to him. I think, yeah, and, for a bit. Uh, he did, like... Uh, well, let's talk about him just now. But, like, yeah. uh, he, he did the specky on, on, on Colby, I think it was. Uh, where you like you literally um, like jump over the guy's shoulders. They did an Aussie rules. Yeah. And yeah. but they had a uh, I can't remember what happened. Like they didn't score from it. Um, but yeah, they. But they're back. Yeah, on like that was the only time that they actually tried the crossfield kick to him. And I don't know why they they just didn't bring him into the game. And I, I'm telling you, if he'd been at fullback, because I mean, how many times did we see Dan Hedder Petty with his hands in the ball? Yeah, hey, the back he had a pretty good game though. Eh? He did exactly like he's and Colby he's the, the hopeless, the I think we had to have a very good game because we kicked a lot of poor kicks onto him. Who? Mm. Yeah. Dan, Dan Hedder Petty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, yeah so game. imagine if we'd be kicking all those poor balls onto Izzy Falau. Yeah, we would have lost by like 40 points. Probably. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think my point about him not being a great 14 for Australia stands. Yeah, but, uh, uh, I think I, I think Michael Hooper had one of his better games for a while. Especially actually. on wing. Especially on wing. Can, can I ask, what, what, wing. Was, Hooper, was Hooper playing wing? For like a good 10 minutes, he was there, Ben. I promise. I did well, not I'll, I'll tell you what, he's a he's a better wing than Marika Corabetti. Corabetti set up a try. He did set up Gettier's try. Yeah, but only because he was well, falling so down and happened to pop the water. Genia set up Genia's try. Yeah, no, Genia wasn't okay. there. Only Genia no, could to get the pop pass from him. The man put Corabetti in space and then Corabetti passed back to Genia. So Genia set up his own try. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. No, but, okay, Corabetti did okay, but he's just... I don't know. Like Because I, I was saying to, to Phil, who I was watching, I was saying, um, if you... If you I, Gave Corobetti like all the international wings in a in a lineup and said to him, "Who do you want to Who do you want to play against this weekend? Who do you want to go up against? One v one. Who do you think he'd pick? Colby. I I think he'd pick Colby. Mm. So this is literally the best matchup he could have asked for, and he did almost nothing. Like he okay he went off early, not his fault. But you know this is this was supposed to be the game that he dominated in, and he just. He, he can't find a way. Like he's not an active player. Like he he needs people around him to be creating opportunities for him. He's like Tekeli Nairo, the same sort of thing. And if you give him a straight line to run in, then he's be, he'll be good. But don't ask anything more from him because he can't. He doesn't have the skill set for it. This is kind of my argument. If you're gonna play Corabetti, why don't you play Nairo? Yeah, I agree. I think he's better. Because, because I, cause I, if you want this guy, this kind of real one-trick pony who just does one thing very well, Nyavura does that one thing better than Corabetti. Nyavura yes, doing that one thing better in Europe now, though. That's why. But they, were, not, so they were kind of picking him before, but not, not above Corabetti. Yeah, not Corabetti above Corabetti. Corabetti was the start. They've got a lot of affair with him, I'm telling you. Like, it's inexplicable. They just have this weird this is, I think I, I think we've got to go back to Ben's theory about his name just being so... So fun to yell. Yeah, it's yeah. a good name to shout. Eh? It's a good R, name. To it's because yeah. you got that R and then you got the nice BT as well to get the capital. Well, yeah. um, so- Betty's uh, opposite number, Dianzi, had a hot and cold game, uh, I'd say. Like, got that intercept try, which was lovely. Just maybe it's out of nowhere, just like he just got, oh, oops, took the ball. Yeah. 
try. Uh, he's, he set up a good break, but also I think in defense, he was found a little bit wanting. Like Hodges try, he kind of maybe should have been a little bit better. I know he was still doing umbrella defense. He should have just been standing in line up with Hodge. Like, I don't yeah. see why. He, he kept running up out of the he line. Kept shifting, uh, he, kept shifting in. Uh, so I just want to. I love him. He's an excitement machine, but still got a little bit to learn on defense. But he's unquestionably now South Africa's first choice 11. I'd probably argue. Oh, no, oh, yeah. Disney. I, I would, I would argue, I would argue he's potentially the form eleven in the world at the moment. Obviously, uh, I don't know. no, I'd say Rico. Yeah, Rico between but him and Rico. Bit of a stretch there, Ben. You know, okay. well, before this weekend, I think that's pretty no, fine. No, no, no. But like Rico's yeah. back at it. Yeah, so. Rico's. Yeah, yeah, I, Rico's, I, I, I guess, so. Rico's South American performance, I think, edged him a little bit yeah. in the conversation. I reckon if it wasn't for. Okay, for New Zealand playing this weekend, we may have may have put old Black Panther ahead of him. Uh, yeah, but I, just going back to Adam's point about uh, Deontay's defensive frailties, I don't I don't really mind that because there's some things you can coach. You can coach a guy where to stand, how yeah. to, how to tackle. He actually tackles well to some. You know, you can coach a guy defensive positioning, what to do in certain yeah. situations. You can draw. What you can't coach, you can't coach speed, and you can't coach yeah. flair. No. And yeah, yeah. he has both of those in buckets. Yeah, so you yeah. can't you can't coach that fucking sidestep of his. Like, you can't. No, no, that. you yeah, can't, that's you can't coach that Ethan Cape one touch flare sidestep. <laughs> like <laughs> honestly, Deontay's step is the most Eastern Cape thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, no, no, it is great. Uh, so uh, he, he does he does tackle like a demon, but it's his <laughs> positioning. It's defensive positioning. Yeah, yeah. So that's why just, it's important. It's important for him to have a a. a, a a smart 15 number thirteen, I think, inside of him, who's like really coordinating the backline, which unfortunately we haven't had for a while. Yeah, I don't think we've, yeah. we've had many tactician thirteens in uh, a while. Yeah, maybe not. God, God, I miss Jacques Ferry. Um, I was at, I watched at a pub yesterday. I was talking about thirteens, and the one guy was, was a Bulls fan. It was actually in Johannesburg. You prick. Okay, <laughs> like fuck, I'm getting so sick of this. I was talking to this guy, uh, an acquaintance, who's a Bulls fan, and he was convinced. <laughs> what a coincidence. Best Jesse mate, Creel. acquaintance is code for best mate. And uh, he was convinced Jesse Creel was a good 13. You know, he's absolutely convinced. Um, and uh, again, I, I just I, I just don't see it. Like, I, I've had a couple of beers, and I, I shouted at this man. His name was Bernard. I said to him, like, let's crossfit more rugby for Jesse Creel. So, nice, Adam. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a, a 6 out of 10 burn. Thanks. Oh, Adam, I would put that oh, on that. a t-shirt and sell it in Target and <laughs> Facebook ads. Oh, really? Yeah. It's where yeah, it's like, jacked. <laughs> but I, I just don't... Because who, who would you say is the, the, the perfect 13? I would argue Jacques Ferry. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to argue. I'm sorry, I, I can't look any further than Conrad Smith. Also, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, I, just, and I would also argue that Conrad Smith and Jacques Free are orange and apple. They're, they're quite different in certain senses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but okay. So, so, but, but in terms of where defensive organization, they oh, were yeah. both spot on. Yeah, yeah they're both, both great, yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. anyway, um, so, yeah, Kalisa, uh, Krill, I didn't think was that good. Uh, right. I thought Vili was actually pretty tilted. 
in the he game. Had he moments, didn't have a good game. He had moments of brilliance, but yeah, I think he was. Uh, it was a standard Philly sort of erraticness. But it was a it was standard because he, he, he. Well, it was a standard Vili against Australia performance because yeah. he was the same as that we saw him three weeks ago. And I was actually really encouraged, like I said just now, like the fact that we changed our style um, and the fact that we could play with a tilted willy, a willy and still tilted win. Tilted willy. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, that's uh, our episode sorry. title, by the way. Tilted willy. Writing it down. That's great. Tilted Billy. No, but I just thought it was classic, <laughs> classic, classic Tilted Billy. You know, it's just. Yeah. Uh, but we won. Yeah. He's Which consistently is... inconsistent, but he, he wasn't bad. Like there was one thing where he shelled a very simple pass. The Andre yeah. Esther has a new bit about that. Um, um, didn't Philly? Let's, oh, no, it was, let's, let's say this yes? one of Billy's, uh, where one of our strong points, where I think Philly also stamped his name on, was the way we were attacking and cleaning out rucks this game. Yeah, yeah was, should we talk about that? Yeah, let's let's talk about holistically how we did it better and then maybe then, uh, then uh, look at how... I don't know. Because Khaleesi, I, I mean, if thought... you look, Khaleesi's one was monstrous where he, he sort of yeah. lined up the ruck, counted to three, and then just knocked off two Australians and I think it was Phipps mm-hmm. by that point, it was scrum off. All yeah. three of them on their asses and then we've got the turnover. But I mean, that, that's but, but, where we but, were living and dying because Pocock had a meal of a day. Yeah. I think Pocock like got was, like five turnovers or something. Yeah, yeah. he was just doing it at will. Was, no, did no, Marks do anything out of curiosity? Nah, they Aussie shut him down, Marks, Marks got one sort of turnover, not like oh. a penalty turnover, just like a turnover. And then straight away, like Peter Beast. Steph tried to play scrum off and fucked no, up. Oh, no, Beast, yeah. I thought it was Beast who threw the shit pass. Someone did. Oh, oh, oh two, yeah, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, it was. But I was. I, I was so angry. <laughs> All that effort that he throws an absolute shocker of a pass. Our, so. our defensive rucks were very good because I think we were we were so positive in the tackle. Yeah. Like we yeah, were well, the, we were really the, clearing guys back, and then so once yeah. if, if they're really going backwards, it's a lot easier to to then have a nice positive clean out. And then even if you're not winning the ball, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Because you've That's disrupted the own ball so much, your defense is set again. Because a few times yeah. Australia lost 20, 30 meters on attack. Yeah. yeah. Just basically because of That's that. That's 100% just... correct. Yeah. And that's exactly what Urban was talking about on Twitter during the week the dominant tackles. Yeah. Um, and like it's such an important approach, like a figure for the Springboks where they're currently playing. Because they've obviously come to terms with the fact that they're not playing a proper fetcher. So then their alternative is to just put pressure on the breakdown in other ways by making sure that it's like. It's it's going to be just geographically better for South Africa, not what happens in the ruck. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, we're just going to be in a better yeah. place. Come. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, so when when we so basically at the end of the ruck, our defence is set, even if Australia do have the ball, and then yeah. they they further they they ten yards behind where they started. So when the pressure comes through and we force a penalty, instead of having a scrum on our twenty-two, now we have a scrum on halfway. Yeah, or, exactly. or even even if same thing, even if we give away a penalty, it's the difference between a penalty, you know, a kickable penalty, and yeah. a penalty where they they're gonna and have that, to kick for. Exactly, and so, that's how we get away with having a non-traditional open side in Sia Kalisi, together with a non-traditional blind side in Peter Stephanie or Franco Mustard, whatever the case may be. Tackle them like we just turn exactly. everyone into and, a tackle bag in front of us. Yeah, and look, it's a it's yeah. a low risk 
low return approach because we're not creating opportunities for ourselves. And we just, we then just have to rely on our strike power in the form of guys like Deanti. So that when those, those golden opportunities come along, which they will, if you're forcing pressure, then you can make the most of them. You've got the guys who can score the tries on the outside. So I think it's 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 a simple but very effective approach to rugby. I like it. Just, just, just yeah. going back to going back to the overall, you know, like this kind of low low possession, strong defense kind of approach that we seem to have adopted. Yeah. I think New Zealand are good enough to retain the ball. So so logically, like the possession stats should be skewed. But Australia aren't really. Like I think we are giving away a lot of ball with shitty kicks. We were. Yeah. Definitely. So, like. Were. Uh, like I think there there wasn't there wasn't much reason to give Australia as much ball as we gave them. Uh, yeah. no, I agree. Yeah. Like quite I don't, often think, I don't think the idea was to give them like counterattacking ball, which we gave them a lot of. The idea was to give them set piece ball because we actually were pretty effective at, at um, challenging yeah, them at their own lineups. Yeah, we stole a few and stuff. Yeah. I'm surprised that was more dominant, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was going to when you talk about defence, but. All good Springbok teams in the professional era. I can't speak about the uh, heyday of Nas's clean number 10 jumper. But all good Springbok teams in the modern era, from uh, the World Cup 20 side in 1995 to Nick Mallett's 1998 team, we, we, we beat New Zealand in Wellington like 10-8 or 11-8 or something like that, to the 2007, well, 2004-2007 team mostly, minus 53-0, uh, have all been built on good defense. Springbok sides have always thrived on having a very, very good defence. Heineken Mayer, um, weirdly enough, I mean, the best game, the toughest game that All Blacks faced in 2015 was us in the semi-finals. And they only scored one try. Again, built in very heavy defence. We just weren't very creative. So I, like, when you say it's pleasing, maybe that's why. You know, you're getting the subconscious vibe that you've seen this before. Um, mm. And Heineken Mayer, in his first couple of years, actually, we had a nice blend of attack and defence. But I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. It's comforting to know that in terms of building our systems, it means that maybe we can get to the zenith of uh, South Africa versus England in 2007, which to me is one of probably one of the best Springbok performances it's of what, uh, the modern era. But, but even even the 2000, I don't know, maybe not the two, but say during Heineken Mayer's era, we would almost we would almost attack defensively if you knew what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we were very good on defense, but then we were very conservative on attack, and the yeah. two don't go hand in hand because I, I like the comment like granted we're making a lot of mistakes on attack now but but i like the sort of the idea that we sort of we very creative on attack but very conservative on defense which i which i think is quite a quite a good balance actually yeah because i mean yeah uh, the way we're playing now it's sort of because culturally everyone whenever you hear other countries talk about playing how the south africans play how the box play it's always Big guys dominating, bullying you, and all that, and which is what we're doing on defense with all our tackles now. I mean, yeah. an- another team's they, if you're making, if you're tackling every other player on the team two, three times in a game, they are going to be scared of you by the end of the game. Another, yeah, we, yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's kind of like because I think for a while, like they were actually just blowing smoke up our ass to kind of yeah. trick the Springbok to playing like a very physical game. Be like, oh yeah, we really fear the Springbok's physicality, blah blah blah. Just so they'd be like, ooh, ooh we should be more physical then. Yeah. But now yeah. I, I think we actually have a good balance. Well, but it obviously it's we we're not looking at the finished picture. Let's say that. Yeah, we're not. Like, yeah, like, yeah. No, no, that's, that's for sure. And we'll uh, especially with our centers, like we we've got a lot of work to do in our centers. 
Uh, I was no, going to remark, just, um, Hazen didn't have a bad game. I just felt his hands let him down. A couple of times he sent a yeah. crash ball, coughed it up, put us again under pressure. A stat that I think tells a lot of the story of yesterday was the Aussies uh, did seven plays, seven, <laughs> seven plays, seven phases and more seven times. The box only made a pass seven phases once. We just kept coughing up ball, making mistakes, and I think the centers, to a certain degree, are culpable of that, or we kicked it away too soon. Uh, days when we did get the ball, great, but yeah, I, I, I kind of, I was a little bit bleak, but lots of potential. They just need to work in their hands. Like yeah. we couldn't keep the ball. That's why we're under so much pressure. Before the yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's yeah. They unfortunately didn't cover himself in glory, but it's exactly <laughs> the same approach that um, that Damien Dalenda was taking, like just that first phase up through the fly-off channel, essentially. And that's obviously what they've been instructed to do. So, yeah, I think like if that's the game plan, then he actually, in my mind, is better at it than Delende because he he's does. Bigger. I think he's yeah. bigger and stronger, and he I know that he can pass. He yeah just doesn't do it this week. Or he can't I, I, I was very pleased with uh, how Papier played. Oh no, I wasn't. He didn't get off the fucking bench again. Classic, no, I, classic, I was really I was really Papier. glad to see Damien Valimsa uh, play his role in the historic victory over Australia, except that no. he had no historic role in the victory against and Australia, because justice. he didn't fucking play. I said yeah, on Facebook group, the burning question, will Papier get off the bench? No. Uh, this is a disaster waiting to happen. We have to... We, who's our second scrum half? Nobody knows, because he never gets to play. Our second yeah. scrum half is going to be like... No, I'm telling you now, Nick Groom's going to get a phone call if... I think it's going to be Ron Pino. <laughs> you reckon? I no, so. I could totally believe that. Eric. Actually, you made. I have a hip or food to prayer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just want to bring it back to where we started the episode, where we spoke about the lack of yellow cards and all that. And one yes. incident that should that a lot of people are now online saying should have been a yellow card, and that yes. is Vili Larue performing what I call a textbook gut wrench suplex on Old Poker. <laughs> And I just want to say one thing first. Vili Larue wouldn't have been able to pick up Pocock if Pocock was supporting his weight. Because his center of gravity would have been behind Vili Larue's arms. But he was his weight had shifted onto his arms and therefore he could have been he was picked up by then. He wasn't his hands were on the ground okay. essentially. It's my it's just my big takeaway is that he would Larue wouldn't have been able to pivot him over like that if his weight was backwards like it's supposed yeah. to be. But that being as it that, may but is that what the law says no that's not what the law says his hands are on the ground though but no one gets blown for their hands on the ground anyway um yeah. so i just want to before that if that's just my one little devil's advocate for Vili larue in this situation um i think the guys who's saying his head landed on Vili larue's chest so it doesn't count as you know driving a player's <laughs> head towards the ground you know because chest ground, chest ground two different things and that's bullshit as yeah well. but yeah it definitely is a roll a roll sort of tackle or lifting a player yeah. over the whatever whichever you want whichever of the tackles you want to use either a roll or lifting over the horizon yes yeah. he's guilty of either of those so yeah. i'm curious to see now because we've there's been like i say we've we've made a noise and i think others have made a noise about kieran reed not getting cited and vili larue's now done that i'm curious to see if we're gonna see him getting cited and then just getting the, it wasn't deemed to be a red card offense, nothing came of it. 
Because I think that mm. would be the be- for World Rugby to save face. That would be their best cause of action. I think far more likely we're going to see him getting getting Six a weeks. suspension. Six weeks. Yeah. Didn't someone? So, and then there's going to be an outcry that will sink into the abyss, and Kieran mm. Reeve will laugh darkly into his beard as he beats the, the Springboks next. But 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 don't um don't Australia, so 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 World Rugby can initiate. The sighting. Or can Australia initiate it as well? I think they support. Yeah, yeah. you can. You can. Yeah. You can complain and say, "Look, we don't think this was done properly." You can sort of snitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which you're supposed to. You're supposed to refer incidents to the sighting commissioner, and that's what we never do. And teams, all other teams, do against us, which is fair enough because, you know, South Africa has a few dirty marks on its history, but uh, I don't understand why we never, why we never do the same and like. Like the Kieran Reid thing, if, if we really are so upset about it, and why aren't we forwarding it to the sighting commissioner? Because you got how, how many days have we got to do it within two? I'm assuming. It's like 48 hours. Yeah, well, because it's on the 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 hearings are on Mondays, so presumably yeah, they they want to be able to deal with it obviously yeah. during the week. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, I'm just curious. So I wonder, yeah, if we ever if we're gonna see actually, you know what? I think they're to the two most likely outcomes. We're gonna hear nothing about it. Besides outrage on Twitter, I think Wim's doing a yeah. good job of that. Or he's going to catch a big ban. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think it'll be a big ban because I think maximum four weeks. Uh, which is a shame for. And then, then presumably Vili has a, an exemplary record, so I think it'll. I think max. You know, I think four weeks cut down to two if he gets a ban. Which is a shame for the Sharks because on yeah sales no wasps. No wasps. Wasps. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'll be upset because they just they only let him come back because it was his, it was his 50th cap yeah 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 they, they actually they, they being really like good about this and now we're gonna yeah. give them like a little room with a band back <laughs> exhausted like yeah, enjoy this and this is actually best this is like best possible outcome for for Rassi basically because it's not an injury so the player is still going to be available for him at the end of the tour. Yeah. But he's not going to be playing rugby for the Wasps, so he can't get injured for them either. Yeah. So it's like the best way to guarantee his fitness for November. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe Rassi's going to request like an eight-week ban or something. Just to <laughs> yeah, maybe Rassi's going to be the anonymous... We've received an anonymous phone call citing... Citing Billy uh, LaRue for far play. And, uh, World <laughs> Rugby's just going to get this email from che- Mr. Checker at... Australian rugby at gmail.com. I must. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel Chicken. Good day, good day, mate. How the bloody hell are you? No, but it's like pure. It's like. Yeah, sorry, rugby. sorry, it's this like... email is so late. It's it's midday here in Australia where I am. It's going to be like Wim Rugby, <laughs> but it's like to, in like pure Wim Rugby's like Afrikaans tongue, just the verbatim. <laughs> in my mind, Rassi and Wim Rugby type the same. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, so we'll see. Like, I, I think he's going to cop a ban, to be honest. Like, it, it's a difficult one because I don't think you, that you know he what? plays... You should cop a ban because that, that, it's very dangerous doing that. So, hang on. So, let me just, let me just weigh in because I don't think that what he did was dangerous. He, yeah, but he... I think that I think that yeah. a very similar tackle under slightly different circumstances could be very dangerous. Yeah, because his arms are so, around the hips, essentially. Yeah, but like this exact tackle I don't think was actually dangerous. Yeah. It just so happened that Vili did it in such a way that he was protected. Yeah, but but we... a, a, a very similar tackle could easily result in head injury. So for that reason, we need to set a precedent. Because, yeah, we, I think we've said it quite a few times that 
the tackles, how dangerous that's, that specific tackle is, and it's more along the lines of uh, us being attorneys. We yeah. want them to be to the phrasing. So that tackle meets those criteria. It should then be penalized or whatever. It should we, so less about the outcome and more about the action. Yeah. So um, I, I just wanted to comment, like, when the box arrived at the stadium, the TV cameras spent much time focusing on Vincent Koch, a.k.a. the oh, slab the... of meat. And it's like, wait, I was confused. You you posted in the group, say, is he playing? I was talking to people around me, like, wait, is he playing? He was Why is he warming field. up? He was warming up. Did he at least carry water bottles or something? I, I don't know. Do you think Do you think he's going to end up on the bench next week or something like yeah, that? Otherwise, like, why, if, otherwise, why bring him back? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you I, heard hope, Russ, I, hope, I hope we see a lot more experimentation next week. I want to. I don't want to see. Okay, I don't want to see Faf playing next week. Actually, actually, uh, why not? I want to. I want to go and like let's have a like a war game scenario where Faf Tuchel gets injured the night before our final in the Rugby World Cup against New Zealand. What do we do? Go. That's what I want to see next week. Yeah. I want to see Ambrose Papier start. Well, yes, that's the implication. Yeah, and then Ivan Fonsell on the bench. Adam, you want that four balls, nine cover. Well, you know, he can play out in the wing. The, the thing is, <laughs> he can. realistically, they would have to start Cronier. If he's still in the squad, I don't fucking know. Uh, but Because yeah, but, he's, he's the only one who has enough enough experience to actually start the test match against New Zealand at this point realistically. Yeah. Like 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 if you put Papier in, you're gonna throw him to the wolves. Like and if he fails, the backlash is gonna be massive. Like so no. That being said, let's look forward and say what are someone while I've got the super brew open, what are our predictions for next week's game? I'm gonna be there. So I know that that it's going to tilt the balance. Not at all. Adam, Adam, you uh, said you're going home. No, I'm not going home. I'm at home right now. <laughs> it's not my backyard. I was asking this oak yesterday. He Cathed- goes and lost this. Cathedral lost this, Adam. Lost this in five years. I was asking him if I got good tickets. How would I know that if that was home? Cathedral we're talking about Ellis Park. Is this, your, is this your air quotes friend? He supports the Bulls <laughs> that you were telling us about. Equated. You're asking questions on, on behalf of your friend. His name is Bernard. He's a consultant. Bernard Bernard He's, Bernard he's, he's handle, His nickname is Ice Guy. <laughs> no, he, I don't know. He drinks too much brandy. Uh, so he's definitely know. Ice Guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. He's that, that's a brandy he's made up. Ice Guy. He's Ice Guy. Well, so, so was this just some cat you have, you were drinking who was drinking next to you at the bar? No, no, no. He's, a, he's like a mate to the guy I know, and we've like had drinks before a few times. He's a nice oak, and he's a Bulls fan. So I'm not a Bulls fan. That, that definitely doesn't sound like a made-up person. I'm taking a bus from Johannesburg to Pretoria and then coming back to Johannesburg because that's where my house is. Okay? <laughs> is that is that enough evidence for you? Adam, do you a bus? I don't know that is evidence. That's all he has said. Why don't you take the car train? Oh no! It's uh, because I like I need to go to drive. I don't know. I don't want to deal with Ubers and shit. I just want to get on a bus, get to the stadium, get on the bus, get back to uh, Norris Arch where I, I get free parking. So nice. uh, is, it, is it like a party bus? Yeah, I think so. It's gonna be crazy. That's, that's so, it's gonna awesome. be when Adam gets on. Uh, Adam, it's coming home. So what's the score? Oh shit! If we played like we did against the Aussies, we're gonna lose. 
But the thing, the thing is, Wellington ruins everything. If we had lost Wellington, I could have confidently said we're going to lose. But now I don't know, and the All Blacks are motivated. They, they're coming for revenge. I'm pretty confident uh, that we're going to lose. Yeah, I'm going to sell back for like seven. I know, I know you guys all saw that SA Rugby most posted that poll on Facebook and shared with us now. 63% mm. of those voted in the polls. I'd love to see the numbers. 63% think Springboks are going to win. Oh, that's, that's optimistic, eh? That's, that's uh, rugby punditry in South Africa for you. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's Pretoria. Pretoria's big on social media, guys. But like, uh, how many of those people said we were going to beat the All Blacks first time round? Less I, than five. I think it was less than five. That's the thing. It's fair weather fandom at its best. No, but, but, yeah. uh, but like, uh, so what's changed? On on Super Brew, the community only said the All Blacks were going to win by one. In that game. No, against against Argentina. Oh, oh fuck. Yesterday. Oh. Yeah, which, if, which if you think about it, that's that's pants on head retarded. Like what? Says, like, says, says the guy. Says the guy. Didn't picked, you say? Yeah, I was gonna say Argentina yeah. by three, Mister Argentina by three, speaking so pro- so uh, proudly. Yeah, I, I, I was taking a speaky and I'm eating a pie for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't eat a pie because everyone the, the community said that yeah. all blacks would. Look, yeah, yeah. Well, no, okay, because I said Argentina wait. would win. So, yeah. so uh, okay. I, I'm confused about our own rules now. But anyway, the point is, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that one result should be read too heavily into it. I think I'm excited by the fact that we reproduced the same tactics against Australia and that it was successful. But I think that I was saying to Phil yesterday, if we play this way for the rest of you know the World Cup period, I think we'll, we've got a chance of beating most teams 9 out of 10 times, 8 out of 10 times maybe. Yeah. But against New Zealand, we'll lose 7 out of 10 times. Yeah, I know. We, we just happened to get one of those three out of ten times two weeks ago. Yeah, true. So I think they'll uh, I think they'll beat us, but not by much. I think it'll be like by twelve or something. Yeah, what 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 in a way uh, when we beat New Zealand two weeks ago was exceptional. Wasn't actually the defense because we saw actually we leaked quite a few points. It was that we managed to score five tries. Yeah, yeah. Because because I, I I don't think the the way with the way we currently playing like we have like. The attack isn't clicking completely. Like yeah. I, I can't see five tries being the norm. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't. So I also agree. I want. I... You know, we we need to sort out our ball as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what I think everyone is saying is, New Zealand realistically is going to win, but we all want to be proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, mean, well, wait, but that that's Jenny. I mean, Matt, that's yeah. that's that's kind of what we feel like every week. Yeah, every week, yeah, I know. So I'm gonna go New Zealand by twelve. Would uh, Would anybody make any changes? Apparently, France Mahoba, uh, uh, so says friend of the pod, um, um, rugby, is an intelligent player. Hence, putting up a gif of how he shifted the defence so marks can get over for that try. So maybe he stays. But would you make any changes to the team apart yeah, from the so, one you mentioned about uh, nine? Yeah, so I would well, still drop Malhova just because I think we need to see Wilkelo and Vincent Koch. Yeah. Yeah, keen. Um, then I would... Fuck, our centers are so fucked anyway. <laughs> well, you, you know Jesse's going to start. Yeah, apparently. Ah, uh, Jesse's going to... No, nothing can be done. Nothing can be done about this. Well, there's no one else, yeah. I don't no know, it's very, very depressing. Why um, can't you para-drop it? No, actually, I'm not even going to say then, that. 
Yeah, I, I would stay. like to see if someone else. Um, I'd like to see Dan Dupree starting. Yeah, Nacho. Nacho was, was fine. I, I thought Nacho was all right. Like, like I was on Facebook having a having a go yeah. at him, but I thought, uh, well, okay, I thought he, he, did, he didn't set the water light, but God, it, it was his test run on debut. Like, and he was, you know, uh, he, he did his job. Like, he didn't fuck up, but he obviously didn't. And as you pointed out, Ben, he received every kickoff. I mean, how? Yeah. That's that's some. Which is the genius, third, which is the fifth set piece, right? Yeah, that's some genius level positioning to be able to be the one guy that they. Because I don't even think he was standing in the same spot every time. Yeah, well, mm. Because Australia didn't do their little kickoff to Falao, actually, which they normally no. do once or twice a game. But the first kickoff, they like they dominated us. Right? Yeah, Corabetti, Corabetti pumped him, actually. Yeah. yeah, and then they kept kicking to like the same depth, but they just wouldn't chase. I was like, like uh, that went out the window pretty quickly. But um, no, no, not sure it was good. But I think I don't think he actually fits with the game plan, to be honest. No, because if like, we're going, oh, like... I, I think I think kicking to that depth and not chasing is a great tactic against South Africa because then it lets us run out the twenty-two, and then yeah. Fuff does a shitty box kick and you get the ball back in a very good position. Uh, yeah, that's a good classic point. Fuff. But I would I would think I, I think I would um, I'd maybe try with the Finstaden, Khaleesi, Peter Steffi, Toya Lustria next week. I thought you wanted Dan Dupree back. No, 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 I do, but I, like that was me on my wish list. I think he's not in the squad, oh. so that's not a realistic. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think but realistically, in terms in terms of who's in the squad, I'd like <laughs> to see Fitzgerald starting over Notchie, and then. Oh, sorry, if I, was I wasn't. Uh, squad, you, were, you were boring me. Sorry, I just uh, I just yawned. <laughs> sorry. Alex, you didn't mention sorry. enough Bulls players <laughs> in your wish list. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Fitzgerald and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Arches Neyman. Arches Neyman, okay. Uh, back from wherever he is. Master does need a break. Thank yeah. Kirshner. No, man, fuck oh. off. Now you're being ridiculous, Adam. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, so, so I, I wouldn't make too many more changes than that. Okay, and then... Let's do the other game then as well quickly. Pumas Australia. Just... Ooh. I want Pumas to I win can... this one. I reckon the Pumas could win. If they can sort out their set-piece woes in a week, they they should win it. They could turn it. Australia have the most potent set-piece, so they can probably... So what you know, they don't stick to 100%. They only need to go back to about 60% to dominate Australia at the set-piece. What are we going to call it? Argentina by? 10. 8. Alex? 10. ten. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 10. 10. Actually, oh, yeah. is, is Sanchez gone now? I don't know. Why? Uh, did he get he's hurt? Injured. Oh, yeah, he's injured. No, I think he's going to Europe, but I'm not sure because I read uh, an article about like this this game against New Zealand was like his swan song or whatever before he goes off to Europe. But I don't know. I don't know. But, but I know that Paul Tate on, on Twitter is very excited about a couple of young guys um, who can play fly half. Okay. So, so I think they'll be okay. Or Philly can play fly half. I'm just chatting shit. But Philly can play whatever he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Fuck, I'd love to see Boffelli at fly-off just fucking stare down Beal and just run over him. Boffelli's probably about a good two feet taller than Beal. Yeah. Yeah, um, probably. No, Boffelli's not that tall, though. No, he's a big unit, though. Boffelli's almost two big. meters tall, isn't he? Boffelli? Yeah. No ways. I thought he was like 196. Maybe I'm no just No ways. Let me just check. Boffelli? He's yeah, like... Buffelli. 
not like big, but he's like normal size. There's a reason he can kick that fast because his legs are so long. No, I, I, I mean, he doesn't look that big in their backfield. Oh, maybe it's because he doesn't stand out like like I don't know George North or yes, but... even like Rico. He doesn't stand out. Oh, like Bofeli, Bo- 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 one ninety-one. Okay. Fuck, okay. Call us okay. nine centimeters. What's Beal's height? One uh, meter uh, 90 centimeters. No, that's bullshit. 184. 184. Beal, no, Beal's, I would say Beal's like 180. He's not high. 184, that's my height. I think you'll find that he probably is high. Right now, yeah, most probably. <laughs> it's legal, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is, is, it be- is it because he's probably on an airplane, guys? Uh, they fly yeah. on Monday. We, I think we, we reached the bottom of that of, of that particular joke barrel. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> I just to update. Fifty-one percent of Superbrew thinks that New Zealand are going to win next weekend. So slightly more more tempered than SA Rugby's poll. And seventy-one percent are voting with us in favour of Argentina. Okay. Kurtley Beal is 183. 183, okay. So I've got a centimeter. That's just on Google. I don't know how. I really don't think that Pofeli's over 190. I don't think he's... Do you think he's taller than Ben Smith? Yes, Pofeli's tall, Alex. Alex, are you looking at the right player on the field? Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) Don't you dare question my relationship with Emiliano Buffelli. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, No, it's about as bad as for fucking Pro 14 commentators. You just... I think either they got the wrong team sheet or something, because fuck, there's two weeks in a row now. They can't get Simon... They they confuse Simon Assel and Bobby DeVee. Well, apparently the same thing was happening um, in the Curry Cup game, the Western Province game. I was obviously there at the stadium, so I yeah, couldn't hear yeah. the commentary. But okay, they, they kept didn't get the memo about Augustus not playing. Yeah. So they kept calling Yakukutsi Augustus, which, they, I mean, they couldn't look more different. Yeah, my mom asked and me. And then on top of it. My mom yeah. asked me, doesn't Troki look like this? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, then who the fuck's playing at eight? Yeah. But then they also got kept getting confused between um, Masi and Mvovo. The the new like so Massey's yeah. the new speedster for the for the sharks and they he's, kept getting him confused with Involvo. He's a bit and of, I, he's I'm sorry, a, but if you're a rugby commentator, you don't know what Lars Involvo looks like by now. Yeah. Then you need to find another day job. Yeah, because Massey's actually kind of heat. I enjoyed. I've seen he's him play. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. Okay, and then that wraps up the serious conversations. Um. Oh God, we still have all of this. Yeah. <laughs> We've still got to do... Uh, what, 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 what time are we on? Maybe we should, yeah. maybe we should just call we, it yeah. and we can call say, it say, save, save this for the lean months. Yeah. What, yeah. What, t- what time is it? Um, where's, what, mine went... Oh, there, 1.45. So we've been going, yeah, for about, we've been going for about 90 minutes. Just around 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. No, we better just call it for now. Maybe we should, maybe should mercy kill this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. So, well, it's been a good session. Let, let's let's yeah. save the novelty segment for next week. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, next week we're going to all be super stoked about beating All Blacks twice in a calendar year. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we, we must be close. What, well, how close are we to our 50th, our 50th episode? Not our 50th, like, cast. Oh, uh, we're three away, I think. This will be 47. Right. We've actually done been... more than 50, but in terms of just standard pods a week, yeah, uh, this is our 47th. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's say we've, been, we've had 50 weeks. Let's... Yeah. So we're going to hit it deep in the off-season. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. 
Oh, well, oh that, that's, right. a bit, that's a bit weak. Maybe we should just lie and say it's next week after we beat the Orbler. Do we do one of those like things that people do in sitcoms where the whole episode is just highlights from previous episodes? Well, good luck on Adam yeah. for editing that together. Yeah, oh, fuck, I, I, I feel sorry. I, I feel sorry for the intern. We've already made him get run over by a car to take a like a reenactment <laughs> photo. So we can't, we can't make him edit do all the previous parts. A, I, I listen. I listened to a podcast. They did that for their 69th episode, actually. Okay. Hey, yo. <laughs> nice. yo, eat, eat. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't cut yourself on that podcast, though. No. Oh, it's okay. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, let's, right. let's sign off. Adam, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your insights. Yeah, thanks. And sorry sorry I came late. My no, apologies. Fine. No, it's fine. It's difficult driving in this traffic to Pretoria, I can imagine. Uh, ben, thanks for joining us from Zanzibar. Enjoy Spice Island. I'm not sure what that is, but yes. And... <laughs> thanks for having me on. Yeah, and Alex, it's always a pleasure having you all the way from Cape Town. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having us, and well done on your hosting. Thank Good you. Good job. Thank you, and cheers. Good.